stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. He is 10 years old, and he had 10 police officers pointing a gun at him because he was at the door. Yeah, okay, so that that was uh, from a pretty tearful YouTube clip of a a prominent uh, gaming personality describing what happened to him as a result of one of these uh, SWATs. You were swatted. It's swatting. We've got a name for it. We've turned the term SWAT, as in SWAT team, uh, into uh, a verb here. So that guy was targeted, sent the SWAT team to his house. The kid's 10-year-old brother answered the door and all of a sudden has all these police officers, guns drawn, pointed right at him. Let me play you another clip here. Uh, And this is a a YouTube personality, one of these guys who who plays games and has himself on the screen, is commenting as he's playing. Apparently this is uh, popular. So this is it happening in real time. Oh, this isn't good. They're clearing rooms. What in the world? I think we're getting swatted. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna flash through. I think we're getting swatted. What in the world? Okay, so look, it can get pretty serious, right? The SWAT team doesn't mess around when they're responding to a call. And these are pretty serious calls that are made. We had a situation in Wichita, Kansas. A 28-year-old man was killed by police who were responding to a tip falsely reporting a hostage situation at the man's house. Same thing happened in Calgary last month. And as it turns out, according to police, it was the same person, some guy in Los Angeles. So there are no borders to this. And that's what's incredibly frustrating for police. They get a call. They're warned about a shooting, a hostage situation. They respond as they're trained to do. And it's a lot of police resources being expended. And as we we learned with this tragic situation with this Wichita, Kansas guy, it can be fatal. So it's pretty serious. Joining us to talk a bit more about the phenomenon is uh, someone who's who's gone through it, I I guess indirectly. But Carolyn Sinders is a digital anthropologist, a machine learning designer, uh, an artist and an activist, and uh, recently wrote about when this happened, when the Internet sent a SWAT team to her mom's house. Caroline, thanks for joining us. You're welcome to the program. Hi, thank you for having me. All right. Well, I mean, folks up here, we're just, I I think, really starting to learn about this because, as it turns out, someone in Los Angeles swatted somebody here in Calgary who turns out uh, is is an Internet personality, was targeted for that reason. So this this seems to be happening all over the place. Uh, Tell us about uh, your own experience with this. Sure. So I'm a digital anthropologist that studies online harassment. And for the past couple of years, I was studying harassment uh, inside of the games community called Gamergate. And um, around, I guess, well, around like six months into my uh, research, my I got a phone call from a reporter who asked if I could comment on a really unusual crime case that happened in my hometown. Um, it turns out a SWAT team had sent, or a, the someone had called in a SWAT team to my mom's house. To, but to target you. 
yes. Yeah, so I was mentioned on the SWAT call. Um, and this reporter, the way that he found it out was he, uh, in, in the hometown where I'm from, oftentimes reporters can sit in uh, when the police are sort of going over, like, what's happened throughout the week. And um, he Googled my mom's address and then saw my last name and then Googled my work and because uh, he had already heard the police report and then sort of notified me as to what had happened. And then I called my mom. It turns out I had been mentioned on the SWAT call. So what happened? Um, so it's kind of what it sounds like in the United States. It's um, a lot of local police forces have uh, like a militarized unit and sort of involved with them. Mm-hmm. Um, the way a SWAT call usually happens is someone calls a local police precinct. They're not calling 911. I think that that's really key. Um, they're not calling 911 because 911 will geolocate where you are to like the nearest emergency center, right? Uh, so if you are calling someone from like across the country or from another country, you can find like the local police department number. You call it in. The way that SWAT team actually gets elicited is it has to be something that's incredibly violent and often similar to like a kidnapping. So it's an incredibly violent crime, usually combined with something like a kidnapping. And that's what happened in the um, phone call with my mom. Uh, someone placed a phone call saying that they had shot their wife or their girlfriend, barricaded themselves inside her house with her daughter. So in the case uh, of what happened with your mom, that uh, it sounds as though police exercise some, some caution here. They called my mom a couple times before they, they surrounded her house and they called her a bunch of times. One of the reasons they called her a lot is this was a domestic violence phone call. Very unusual to have such a violent escalation in domestic violence without there being any kind of precursor, like any kind of, you know, dispute called in by neighbors or just or a dispute called in by one of those involved. So one of the reasons they were a little unsure was it was an unusual violent phone call. But given the nature of how violent the phone call was, they still had to elicit the militarized police force. They still had to send out the SWAT team. So they called your mom and, and they did get her on the phone then, right? After calling her about like five or six times, they did eventually get her on the phone. Because what if they hadn't? Well, that was sort of what I had thought. My mom first thought that they were a telemarketer because um, they weren't leaving a voice message, um, which would make sense. Why, like, if, if you're trying to break up a very violent, domestic violence interaction, you shouldn't, you know, leave a voice message saying, oh, the police are here. Um, that can escalate into further violence. But um, it did sort of, like, tip off to then, like, oh, this seems really unusual. Um, my mom was really lucky that she lived in a wealthy white neighborhood because she didn't actually listen to a lot of their advice. She went through a bunch of steps and then I think got really frustrated and just like opened the door, um, which could have been very, very dangerous for anyone else in that situation. My mom was incredibly lucky. Um, She was incredibly lucky that everyone was really calm when she did that. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, as we've seen with this situation in Wichita, and I think a lot of people feared that this sort of thing was inevitable. Eventually, something horrible is going to happen. And sure enough, just last month, the guy shot dead by police because they're coming into this uh, thinking it's a dangerous situation. They're coming into this thinking that that's exactly what they might have to do is take somebody down. And so that's how they're going in with that mentality. And uh, maybe it was it was inevitable, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hesitate to say inevitable. Uh, one of the big things I do is I actually work with a bunch of different senators and lawmakers in the United States to talk about swatting. Um, one of the things we're really missing right now is data on how many prank swattings occur. Not just false swatting. There are times where the SWAT team is elicited for a legitimate reason, but they go to the wrong address. There's been actually numerous reports of this happening inside of the United States. But we don't have a lot of data on our what, what are prank swatting. So when, in the case in Kansas, someone calls it in as a prank. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have enough data on how do SWAT teams in Texas versus California versus Kansas differ. Um, we don't have a lot of data on, you know, like, Local police departments aren't prepped for, hey, did you know that there's a rise of prank swatting? And that's kind of what I mean by data. Like, imagine if it was really widely known inside of local police departments, oh, this is on the rise again. This is a trend of, of a form of harassment that exists inside of gaming. We need to be really careful. Um, you know, there isn't like a database that exists of all the prank swatting, even related to gaming or just prank swattings in general of, oh, so these are the false cases or they're calling in. Um, in my mom's case, for example, um, I was worried because I received some more harassment when I was speaking on a South by panel that she was going to be reswatted. So I told her to call her local police department um, to make sure that they had made a note that she had been like falsely swatted. It turns out that there was like no police report filed on her swatting being a prank swatting. Oh, really? Oftentimes what, yeah, oftentimes what I advise victims to do, and I did this with my own local police department, is to call the local police department, tell them that you're worried you're going to be a victim of a prank swatting, have them write down your address and file a police report. Now this is kind of backwards, right? Because nothing has happened yet, but you're worried something will happen. Now, if the police department, if the police department does not take down your address, there's no notification, there's no note of, oh, this could happen. So my mom's case, she actually, I made her physically go to the police department and it turned out one person who'd been on the SWAT team when they had come to her house was there and remembered her. But they didn't file a follow-up report to say, like, this is something we need to be really worried about. This is something, it could happen again. You mentioned the gaming connection, and that, that's what seems really strange to me because this seems almost overwhelmingly, you could almost say almost exclusively based on, on the media reports that are out there, but certainly largely connected to the gaming community. Uh, and maybe it's just individual gamers getting back at each other, or in your instance, it's connected to this broader Gamergate issue. So wh- why is there that connection there? I've always wondered that. A part of me wonders if it, it started, at least what I can trace back to having done a little bit of ethnography around gaming and swatting. Um, a lot of people when they're playing an MMO together, so a massive multi-online player game together, they were live streaming their faces and they have headsets on. And so you can see like the people you're playing with, you can see their faces or you mm-hmm. can hear them. And I don't know how someone decided to do this, but there started being instances of people prank swatting or prank calling the cops on people they were playing with and recording the screen. And you can see in the background them being tackled. Um, and this is like put on YouTube, people being like forced to the ground, people screaming. And it's, and I think that's kind of where it started and that's where, where it stayed as like a nexus point. Because there's almost a, I hate to use the word sophistication, I mean, it gives them more credit than they deserve, but obviously, I mean, in some cases, they're, as you say, they're careful to phone the local precinct, not 911, uh, they're, they're hacking into 
well, who knows what, emails, um, or they're, they're able to find the personal names and addresses uh, of these people uh, online. And so the, this is, it, it takes a lot of effort in some cases and to cover their tracks as well. What I like to say is it's, it's designed. It's designed in a way. There is a rhyme and reason to it. Just like doing any kind of technical hack, just like kind of making any kind of plan, there is a way to do this. Um, a lot of local police precincts do not record phone calls or they don't track numbers. Even if they did, a lot of people are using fake phone numbers or using a Google Voice number tied to an unregistered iPad. You could use a burner phone, for example. You could just go buy a random phone somewhere, put in a new SIM card. Um, there's a lot of ways you can do to, to even do that. Um, and then you have to make sure it is a violent enough phone call to elicit the police. So there is like a, I hate to say a rhyme and reason to it, but there is a rhyme and reason to it. It's a system, right? To call in any kind of police complaint, there is a system to it. And the reason I keep using this word over and over again, system, is if there's a system to it, then there's a way for us to study the flaws in the system. There's a way for us to better analyze how this keeps happening. We haven't seen that sort of push yet towards how do we analyze and figure out why prank swattings keep happening and how they keep happening across all these different states. Because there's got to be something similar there. Is it a flaw in understanding if this is a trend? Is it a flaw in how we analyze um, police reports? Is it, you know, like, what is, like what's happening here? Mm-hmm. Or is it a flaw that we, we have to be so safe that we have to respond to these things? And how do we think about, like, this is a trend, right? How do we sort of move and address that? Um, because it's a trend that puts a lot of people in danger. It's a trend that right. puts police police departments in danger, innocent standards, victims. Um, and more importantly, it's not a joke, you know, and it's not a prank. So how do we also sort of start to think about how do we take this seriously, right? Um, anyone could have died, and it's sad that someone has died now, right? How many more people can be hurt by this? This is a very, very, very violent, very serious situation. It also seems it's meant to intimidate like in, in your instance and, and you're out there, your name's out there. Uh, I mean, and you don't want to give into this, but it must, it must cross your mind that uh, should I weigh in on this topic? Should I address this? Should I speak out about this issue? Should I refrain from public commenting, stop using my real name? D- did you, do you go through all of that? I, I have gone through all of that. Um, I always have to sort of highlight. So I'm employed as an anti-harassment researcher for the nonprofit uh, that powers Wikipedia. Um, m- online harassment research is my methodology. It is my research focus. It's been that way for the past five years. Um, I refuse to be deterred from what I study, uh, but I also know that I have a resiliency that no one else should have. Like, I should be way more scared about the stuff that I do. I should be a bit more alarmed, and I am alarmed. But I'm more alarmed for the people who I'm trying to help as an online harassment, as an anti-harassment advocate. How do I help other victims? Um, How do I help create change? I'm constantly worried about my safety, but I'm also incredibly worried about every victim of online harassment. And because of that, I don't want to be intimidated, but it does come down to this awful emotional negotiation one has to do of do I... Do I put myself in harm's way to stick to a cause I really believe in? How many other researchers have to do that with their research? How many other journalists have to do that with their journalism? You know, it's, it's how many people do you know have to make those decisions every day for the work that they do? Yeah. 
you know, too many, unfortunately. Well, Caroline, I really appreciate you making some time for us here today, and, and thanks for coming on to talk about this. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. All right, take care. Carolyn Sinders uh, researches online harassment for Wikimedia, and uh, so what she went through herself, or what her mom went through, is a way of trying to get to her. We'll find the mom's name and address and the SWAT team, and it could have been a lot worse than it was. This is a serious crime here, people. You know, someone texted me to say, you know, hey, do some research on, on Gamergate. This isn't a story about Gamergate. This is a story about the idiots who think that this is funny or think that this is a good way to get back at somebody. An innocent person died because of this. Now, I think there's some concern with maybe how trigger-happy the cops were in that situation, but maybe that was inevitable. Cops are being told that someone's been shot, there's a hostage situation. They're responding with that mindset that this is a potentially deadly situation. Lives are on the line here. So tensions are high. And maybe it's not surprising that sometimes something bad's going to happen. This guy in Los Angeles, the Calgary police have identified, he's believed to be the one responsible for that swatting incident as well. Unfortunately, they say he's not likely to be extradited here. If he's stupid enough to cross the border into Canada, maybe we'd arrest him. Uh, But otherwise, we're not really likely to get a chance to bring him to justice. 974-8255 is a number. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.